Hi, pal. Welcome to I've Got Your Back, the podcast. My name is Michelle Sutherland, and this is a place where I want to empower and inspire you to tap into the deepest desires of your heart and discover the magic within. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the final episode, episode nine in season one, which is all about B Corp. I cannot believe it's been nine weeks since this started and I just want to say thank you so much to all of those um, loyal, avid followers and listeners. There's been a very consistent sort of 40, 50 people listening each week, every Wednesday, which is podcast day. And I just want to say thank you so much. In today's episode, uh, I'm going to be talking and just summing up um, everything I sort of feel and, and love about the B Corp movement and also just to focus in on um, the B for Good Leader Summit. So I was actually there in Amsterdam a few weeks ago and I want to sort of focus in on that and talk about the things that I learned there, the people that I met there, the learnings that I had and yeah, just sort of give you a little snippet into that experience as is because it was a really just incredible event and predominantly made up of B Corp companies from around the world or B Corp leaders from around the world. So basically, for those of you that don't know, the B for Good Leaders Summit started last year. So it was founded by two gentlemen in Europe and now is a, a collaboration between many other people and um people that are really passionate about using business as a force for good. So they started it last year and there was about 600 people there. It was in Rome. It was super beautiful and romantic. I loved it. And it was just such a vibe. And I met the most incredible people that are doing great things in their businesses. I met other consultants that are doing what I'm doing. I met so many different people and this year, the summit was slightly earlier, it was in May, and it was actually in Amsterdam. And there was 1,200 leaders this time, so I actually doubled in size from last year to this year. Last year, it was 600. This year, it was 1,200. And it was leaders from 50 different countries. And they all chose to come together because they really want to focus on co-creating and defining actions together they can really accelerate the transition towards a regenerative economy. And what does that mean? That basically means we create a world where we're giving back more than we take to the planet effectively. That's how I would explain it in simple terms. And this summit has been crafted carefully. Um, it's there to challenge. It's there to inspire. And it's to bring action, more importantly, that we actually come away with it with actions collectively or individually but you know we come away with something and we actually do good from it so essentially for those of you that have never heard about it before there's all these different tracks in the summit so there's like seven different tracks that was um and it, these seven tracks have really come from CEOs that have been there last year 
and sort of highlighted that these are the seven things that they can really influence the CEOs and business leaders to this new regenerative economy and to sort of focus on these things throughout their business. So the number one thing is B Corp and Beyond. That was one of the tracks, which of course, um, that has been the theme of this whole season on I've Got Your Back, the podcast. And it's also been something that I've been really getting into the last uh, five to six years. So B Corp and Beyond was the first track. Number two, leadership. Number three, food, because that's a big topic at the moment. Number four, regenerative economy. Number five, sustainable finance. And number six, corporate activism. So those were the sort of six tracks. And I would say, I've said this before, the people that were there, the sort of theme that runs through all six of those tracks is this relentless commitment of the people there who want to show up and continue to do better in their businesses, ultimately for the well-being of people on the planet. Um, what I loved about this summit, is, I mean, it's a pretty intense thing because there's so much going on. I always say I'm going to share so much more on social media when I'm there. But when I get there, there's so much going on that I end up not sharing a thing because <laughs> I'm so in it and I'm so like present with everything that's going on and literally try to keep up. Because as well as having those like six different tracks of sessions, so those tracks means at every given point, there's a session that you can go to with those tracks and learn about those things. Um, they've also, they also had a jamming theater where you can do like these sort of TED talk dynamic presentations and pitches. There was a clubhouse for like serendipitous encounters. There was a deal room for business meetings. There was a press room for curated interviews. I did not even know that until I read it back afterwards because I could totally would have been in there interviewing people, but hey-ho, maybe next year I'll do that. Um, there was living case studies and smaller rooms of specific companies like doing like really good things in each of these uh, six different tracks. There was a trading room um, expo with 30 different booths for companies presenting their innovations and their products and their services. There was a cafe curated with hosts um, for sort of informal talks and just a space for food and drinks for casual sort of meetups. And there was pre-arranged meetings that you could have throughout the day. There was a movie room for visual presentations. And there was a bistro for sessions with corporate partners. And there was an art room. Like, it was insane. Like, if you can imagine this massive venue in Amsterdam with all of this going on for, like, two days, it was so intense. So for me, personally, you know, it's a lot because I feel as if the more time I've spent in nature on my own the more energy I have so when I'm with a big amount of people at that 1200 people with all of that going on it's a lot and so it was a lot of listening it was a lot of connecting you know reconnecting with people from last year reconnect or connecting with new people socializing in Amsterdam we obviously had dinners together and really big conversations like deep and meaningful there was there was feelings there was debates there was of course thought-provoking moments so there was a lot um, so it's really tricky, like for me to even summarize this when I was thinking about this podcast, I was like, oh my goodness, how am I going to condense all of that into like a 30 minute podcast? And it's actually, you can't, you know, you almost need to be there. So I really, my intention of this podcast is to give you a flavor to sort of leave you with the things that stayed with me. You know, there was definitely experiences and moments that stood out and, that I can't stop thinking about. So I thought, why not talk about those? Because 
those are generally the things if you have an experience and those are the things those things that never leave you that you keep replaying in your mind those are the things to sort of focus in on so that's what I'm going to share so the first highlight for me that I just have to express was that the organizers Marcello and Lean and all of their team I know that is a wide range of volunteers and it goes beyond just Marcello and Lean but I just want to say thank you to them um, because I'm so grateful that they put the time in emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, because it takes a lot to hold a space on all of those levels for 1,200 people in Amsterdam is a big thing. So I want to thank Marcello, Lean, Daniel, and all the extended team, because it really was incredible. And for me, what I love from last year to this year is they actually listened to feedback and got feedback. So there was 600 people there last year. Obviously, there's 1,200 this year. And one of the specific pieces of feedback I had from last year, and I, I don't think this maybe would have been my feedback a few years ago, but I think now, in fact, I know now because I've had more precious time with Indigenous leaders and, and wisdom keepers and just especially in Australia, just spent more time with them. I really believe deep down we need to hear from them more because they are the ones that have the deepest connection with our planet. And, you know, this is an event to ultimately for businesses to work on the well-being of the planet. And why would you not listen to people that have lived in harmony with the planet for thousands of years and have the longest, deepest relationship with Mother Earth? Like, it seems so simple to me, but I think we've lost that. And, you know, for me last year, I was so surprised at the lack of representation of Indigenous people. And for those that don't know, even though they only represent 5% of the world's population, they protect 80% of the global biodiversity. What does biodiversity mean? It means the different kinds of life you'll find in one area. So the variety of animals, plants, fungi, even microorganisms like bacteria that make up the natural world. This 5% of Indigenous people look after 80% of that. And more importantly, they understand it deeply and all of their ancestors and generations before them understood it deeply and that's all been passed on. So I was really delighted. That was one of my major just, but it really annoyed me actually, because I think that's good when something sort of triggers you, annoys you. It's like, why is that? You know? And I just felt um the room was very white. Like I remember just going in feeling like so many white people, and there's no like, you know, we're talking about diversity and inclusion and all these topics, but yet we're sitting in a room of white people. It was sort of weird to me, you know. And and again, I think I'm only just because of learned so much over the last few years that I had that awareness and sometimes you don't have that awareness if you don't spend time with different people right um so yeah so that was my major feedback from last year and I was delighted to see on the agenda for this year something called wisdom keepers and to be honest that's where I spent most of my time there was a couple of amazing wisdom keepers there that had been brought together and I just value and respect and want to be and listen to these indigenous wisdom keepers more so I'm going to mention their names these were the wisdom keepers that were there so Satish Kumar 
and Cheryl Ann Angel, Tora Aparama, Shirley DeCorna Krenak, and Sankal Olenututu. I hope I've pronounced them correctly. Um, but we can put them, maybe we'll put them in the show notes as well so you can go and check them out because they're just incredible humans. And listen, I'm not going to go into detail about what they shared at the summit because I really feel that that time is sacred and you really do need to be in the room to understand the feeling when you're with them and the messages that they're giving. Although what I do want to share is what happened after I was in the room and spent a lot of sessions with these um, wisdom keepers. So when we were there, there was a woman called uh, Marek Codden, and she was filming and a lot of the wisdom keepers as we're speaking. So it turns out uh, Marek and Yap Veroven, I hope I've pronounced these words correctly. Again, we'll put them in the show notes. Um, but she'd actually, they'd actually created this documentary and all about these wisdom keepers and something called the Kiva Kiva ceremony or Kiva ceremonies that they do. And it turned out that they were actually showing the documentary that Saturday evening after the summit. So the summit finished on the Friday night and I had extended my trip, not knowing about this, but I'd extended my trip to the Sunday night. And so as soon as I heard about this documentary on the Saturday night, I was like, I am absolutely going to that because I'm curious to know more about these Kiva ceremonies. So you can check out more at kiva-wisdomkeepers.com to look at this. But essentially, Kiva ceremonies have been taking place around the world for 30 years. And these ceremonies are for the earth. They're for peace. They're for well-being and for all living beings. And what was happening on the Saturday night um, was what happened on the Saturday night was that we turned up and in this tiny theatre, literally right outside the red light district or around the corner from there, in this tiny little beautiful cinema was a handful of people that come from the summit or a handful of people that had heard about um, this, this documentary. And we sat there and we listened and watched these Kiva ceremonies um that had happened around the world and more importantly than that which was amazing was Cheryl and Shirley were actually there because they'd been at the summit and they were there to just sort of spend more time talking and sharing and meditating and just being and honestly it was one of the most profound memorable moments of my life and for many reasons, I think just being in that tiny place in the middle of Amsterdam, around the corner from the red light district, so random, but so amazing because it shows me that you can be anywhere in the world in the middle of chaos and still find amazing heart-led people talking about incredible things and having an amazing experience yourself. And yeah, it was just sort of weird, the the extremes of being around the corner from the red light district, but yet being in a room with some wisdom keepers learning about their traditions and their culture and their wisdom. So it made me sort of reflect on a couple of things. Um, number one, if I never gave my feedback um, from last year about the lack of Indigenous people at the summit, would they have been there? I'm sure I know that many other people had that feedback as well that I spoke to. So I think it's just so good to speak up 
and have your voice heard when you feel deeply passionate about something and when you feel something needs to change. I think that's a really important thing that now in reflection, I feel as if that was so powerful. Number two, if I hadn't committed financially and physically and mentally and emotionally to be at the summit, I would never have had that sacred time with those wisdom keepers and been present with them and heard their words. So there is something about showing up um, and committing to being there, to be in the room and to actually have these experiences that you will never have on a Zoom or on a podcast or, you know, there's nothing that beats that human connection and the feeling you get when you connect with another human being, especially wisdom keepers and indigenous people. Um, Number three, no matter where you are in the world, you know, whether you're in the corner, around the corner from the red light district in Amsterdam, like I said, when you lead with your heart, you will always find yourself in front of other people that lead with their heart too. And you will have wonderful experiences. So that's what I encourage. And I think just thinking about that in itself from the summit, like a summit can be like, and this summit definitely as a catalyst of offshoots of so many other things that can happen and seeds that are planted from which change can grow, which other things can happen from. And that's why I think it's, I know it's so important to have these type of events and show up where you're aligned with the people that are organizing it. You're aligned with the intention of the summit and you're aligned in your heart with other people. You might not always think the same or have the same opinion, but when you're aligned in this bigger common goal, which effectively, you know, a lot of people there are B Corps and in the movement, we are aligned in this common goal of redefining what success is in business and really wanting to build a regenerative economy so that the planet benefits and we benefit as well. You know, I think one of the messages that came through was that Mother Earth is going to be fine with or without us. That's the reality. So it's up to us to focus in on ourselves and to actually be showing up and be and doing good because it's ultimately us that wants to survive and thrive because Mother Earth is going to do that regardless of us. She's way more powerful. That was definitely a common message throughout the summit as well. So that was my first highlight. Just that whole um, experience of the Wisdom Keepers was just phenomenal and I really valued it and I really valued that the organizers listened and that we got to have that time and those Wisdom Keepers got to be there in the room And yeah, it was just a beautiful, beautiful experience with them that led on to so many other things. My second highlight is from Anu Shu, Shu, I think the name is, from Pukka Herbs. So most of you have seen from my social media, or you may not have, but I love Pukka Tea. So if you've ever had Pukka Tea, it's P-U-K-K-A. They're an amazing company. They're an amazing brand. I love them so much. And I've always got a pack of tea, whether it's nighttime tea or cam tea or peace tea, or um, they've got so many. They're amazing. I really, really love them. And Anu, who's the CEO, she shared how they start every meeting with one minute of silence and someone leads a meditation. And I just love that. I've actually been thinking about this for a while for Definity or even just all meetings I have with everyone. Just to say, listen, for one minute, can we just be silent and just come back to our breath 
and just meditation or mindfulness, whatever you want to call it, just be for one minute before we start this conversation. And I think the reason that's so important is we just become really present of where we're at because there's so much going on in the world. You're moving from meeting to meeting, place to place, situation to situation. Like if we, and if I, as a founder and CEO can encourage that in my business with my clients, the ripple effect of that could be really powerful. And I've been thinking about it for a while. I think because um, in 2021, I did a meditation and breath work course at um, Bamboo Yoga in Byron when I lived there in Byron Bay, Bunjalung country. And um, I just realized the power of breath work, just simple, just taking deep breaths and meditating is so, so powerful. And Anu really encouraged me and inspired me to talk about my practice more. Like, obviously, I do this each day or I build it into each day whether it's one minute or 10 minutes or 15 minutes um, but I love the fact that she's brought it into the work environment and I do believe we're at a stage in the world with people and in business that it's okay to do those things and it's more widely acceptable which I think is so powerful um, and so I love that she shared that and it's definitely something that I'm going to action so I'm going to start doing that before all of my meetings is just to have that one minute of sort of silence or breath work or meditation just to be calm before we start talking about whatever we're going to talk about so there we go um maybe we'll even do it on the podcast that could be kind of cool um yeah that's an idea I like that so the other thing that she shared was something called wisdom seeds so in every meeting they have these sort of seeds not physical seeds but almost imagine physical seeds in a card and they're called truth, clarity, respect, and courage. And at any point in any meeting, anyone can pull that wisdom seed. So they'll just say, listen, I actually think we need more truth in this meeting. We need more truth with this situation. Or actually, we need to be more courageous. We're not being courageous enough. So it's such a powerful thing. And I love that these, these are called wisdom seeds as well. And I love that everyone is empowered to draw on. It's almost like the values of the company and the values of individuals within that. And she actually shared that the the employees and the people within the organization, organization come up with these. It wasn't just something that she woke up and said, okay, we're going to do this and everyone's going to do it. It was something that every single person in the company decided that they wanted to call on at every point when they're working or in meetings or in situations. And I just thought that that's incredible and such a good idea that you could implement. And, you know, coming from an employee engagement background, I just really valued that. And I thought if, you know, I was running a big, massive company today or working with employees, that's what I would do. Like wisdom seeds, such a powerful way to really come up with your own values and determine your own values, but actually live by them day by day and create a place of trust and safety for your people. So that was my second highlight and thoroughly loved it. My third highlight was actually when I wasn't in the Wisdom Keepers, I went into corporate activism. I was really drawn to that track because I feel as if I'm a bit of an activist. I feel as if I'm always questioning the norm or challenging or thinking a bit differently. 
and I'm always taking action to do good. And, you know, corporate, corporate activism or active, activism is that it's seeing something that you want to challenge and want to take action on. So in one of those sessions, there was a topic about appointing Mother Nature on your board of directors or even as a director. So this is something that just in the last couple of months, Patagonia, which is one of the largest B Corps in the world, but an amazing company with amazing brand and values and mission. And they actually created this. They have literally the family that started this um, company, Patagonia. They have assigned Mother Nature as the owner of Patagonia or receiving the profits to basically go back into, you know, um, working for the planet, anything to do with making it or helping Mother Nature thrive. And so obviously we've seen that come out and it's a bit more widely known, but in this session, there was a couple of um, speakers that were talking about how this has been going on for a while and how there's something called Nature on the Board, NOTB. So uh, actually appointing Nature as a, as a board member. So how do you do that? Sometimes it could be a, a person. So it can be like an external consultant or somebody that you feel knows the company but would represent Mother Nature in decision-making. So it means that Mother Nature has a place at the board, at the table, when it comes to any strategic decisions that you're going to make for that company. And I was just like, how cool is that? Um and the speaker, I actually need to get her name. I'll see if I can get her name because there was so many speakers that spoke about this. But essentially, you can have someone for a certain period of time that represents Mother Nature and then they can move on. Or maybe it's just for a period of time you need that influence and then you sort of move to a different sort of board setup. But it's actually legally available to you as a company to appoint Mother Nature on your board how amazing or even as a director so this is some of the 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 sort of I would say the activism within the government like how you govern your company and how you manage your company and how you lead your company so wouldn't it be cool to sort of legally explore how you start to do this and for all of the companies out there that are very purpose-driven and are very mindful about the impact that you're having in the planet, this could be something you could explore, something that you maybe never heard of before. I'd certainly never heard of it until Patagonia and now this session. But there's lots and lots of companies that are doing it and lots of people that can help you do it. So um, I feel as if it's something we're going to do in Definity for sure. Um, so yeah, if you want to chat about this, let me know. I would love to explore that further. That was a massive highlight. So that was number three. Number four in terms of highlights was something that I keep hearing about is called the inner development goals. So this completely makes sense to me. And you can find out more at innerdevelopmentgoals.org. Essentially, if you think about the B Corp certification and the B Corp assessment, all of the questions and the assessment are aligned to the United Nations Sustainability Goals, which is, is almost like the outer goals of the world, right? But what a lot of people are talking about is the inner goals, inner development goals of yourself, because ultimately anything you do in the inner represents your outer. So you have to do the inner work to do the outer work. So the inner development goals are about self, I would say, 
And the the sustainability development goals are about the outer, the world, the planet. And as I said before, the planet's going to be fine without, like Mother Nature is going to be fine. She was fine way before we came along and she's going to be way fine after we're gone, right? But it's like, what can we do now to sort of, as humanity, as human beings, to work in ourselves, to work on that inner stuff so that we can create the outer future that we want to see, right? Um, And so I think this makes sense to me because from a really, really young age, at 15 years old, I was given the gift of personal development or self-development and going inwards to know who I really was. And that started when my aunt gave me the book, The Secret. I'm sure I've mentioned this before, maybe on the first um, trailer of this podcast, but basically she gave me the book, The Secret, which was all about learning about your mind and how powerful your mind can be. And so that set me on a journey of 15 years old to do inner work daily and to just go on the path of finding out more about myself, understanding myself more, learning from other people, learning from books, learning from nature, all all of these things, right? And so... I really believe that transformed leaders lead from the heart, but you can only really transform when you go inwards to know what's going on in yourself. Um, and so I would encourage you to go and check inner development goals out and yeah, and just see how you can do that work as well as the work that you're doing for the planet. Because I really see a lot of the time, especially in this space um, and other spaces as well in other parts of work where people are completely burnt out from giving their all to fight for the planet and and their communities and that. But it's sort of, they do it at the detriment of their own selves, you know? And I really believe that the inner work has to come first because you need to, you need to go inwards to work on yourself, to be the best, not to say you have to fix yourself or anything like that. It's more about being the best version of yourself every single day so that you can give more to what your cause is, to what your mission is, to what your purpose is. And so that's why I believe it's so important you do that first. And that's why I talk about these key questions, like what more can I do for me, for that inner work, to be the best version of myself every day? What more can I do for my family? Because that they're so important. What more can I do for them? What more can I do for my team, my work colleagues, all of that? What more can I do for them? What more can I do for my community? What more can I do for the planet? And I feel as if it needs to go in that sort of order um, because everything builds upon one another, right? And everything keeps, it's that ripple effect from the inner all the way outer, from the inner goals to the outer goals. So definitely check that out. My fifth highlight was hearing from a fellow Scot on stage and his name is Charlie McGregor very Scottish name and he's the co-founder of the social hub and also the move mention on the ground I think I need to double check that but essentially it's a not-for-profit um and he I, I, I just loved hearing about the social hub so the social hub they have different locations in, in Amsterdam or oh, they have a location in Amsterdam in different locations in Europe and it's all about co-living co-working, co-creating hub, like just a hub of goodness, essentially, and social good. And the not-for-profit that's created from that and, you know, from his personal experience and is really his personal experience of experiencing refugees that were coming into a specific area that was 
that he ended up getting involved in and volunteering with. So they started this not-for-profit and its mission is to dignify refugee refugees as they come across the globe, as they, they come into countries, how you empower them to basically live and work and connect for themselves as they embark on this sort of, you know, they come from this sort of traumatic landing. How do you empower them together at these locations to thrive, not just to survive, but to thrive? So I really loved the mission of both, both as organizations. And it really got me thinking more deeply about Definity and what I want to create through Definity, because some of you have shared this with and some of some of you have not, but last year actually in Rome, I, I had an amazing conversation with an amazing woman, and we spoke about ways because at that point I knew I was moving back to Scotland, and I, I I was sort of looking for my next level of impact. What's my next level of positive impact? You know, asking myself those questions and listening to the answers. And one of the things. I've realized even more so in coming back to Paisley and coming back to Scotland is I really want to create a definitive positive impact hub, like a physical location. And where there is co-working, so people work together, people can live there, you know, there's sort of rooms that people can come whenever they want. Um, there's a there's a sort of creative hub. There's this place where people that want to be more heart-led in business and more purpose-driven and more mission-driven that are doing good in the world. We bring those people together and it becomes this hub of social good, right? It becomes this hub of creation. It becomes a place where, yeah, we can just do really cool stuff. And so when I heard Charlie speak about the social hub and then the ripple effect of that, it got me really excited about Definity and I just want to share it because I feel like it's big. You know, when I say it out loud, I'm like, how could I ever possibly create this positive impact hub in Paisley? And I feel as if that's where it's going to be. I actually thought it was going to be in Glasgow or Edinburgh, Edinburgh, but for some reason, I feel as if it needs to be in Paisley. Anyway, and I sort of found this little location um, just, just near Glasgow Airport because Glasgow Airport's actually in Paisley, for those of you that don't know. And I'm sort of like, oh, we could do something here because there's this big bit of land that seems to be becoming a bit of a hub. So I got excited about that. Um, and so, yeah, just by listening to Charlie, my mind started to wander and the vision started to get more solidified. And, um, you know, I started to see a bit more clearly about what that could be. And, you know, I'm sharing it because I feel as if when you voice things out there and you vocalize crazy dreams and ideas it, it, you're sort of telling the universe I'm being serious like I'm giving this a crack you know I, I want to I want to be there I want to do this right so that was definitely my highlight hearing from Charlie and being inspired to what I could then create in Definity and the funny thing is this is a funny story how all these things connect on the Saturday as well I went a walk and I was actually trying to find the um there was a Jewish memorial um and it was on a holocaust it was a holocaust memorial for all the Jewish people that had been killed in Amsterdam and I was I actually put it in the maps and I ended up going the completely wrong way and I went this walk for like an hour and I ended up turning around the wrong street and right in front of me was the social hub 
this massive building and I didn't actually know that what it looked like and it was huge and I took pictures of it for like my vision because I was like oh imagine this was like the definitive positive impact hub in Paisley <laughs> so it's funny the way things work out the things that really resonate with you and then you know I end up down the wrong street an hour away from where I was supposed to be and then literally see the social hub I was like oh okay this is wild so thank you Charlie for that inspiration it was fab um and lastly, that was a lot. I mean, oh my goodness, I've shared so much. But yeah, this this is just things that really resonated with me. And I just want to say, lastly, I want to share some words from Satish Kumar. Um, I mentioned him briefly. He was in some of the Wisdom Keeper sessions. But last year in Rome, after the summit, I went on a retreat to Assisi. And it was a much smaller group. It was, I think it was like 40 or 50 people. And Satish was actually there and it was an amazing experience. It was a few days we had, you know, dinners on regenerative farms. We had lunches um, and farms. We sat with um, lots of different incredible speakers, connected with some amazing people on a more intimate level. And Satish was there. And one night I sat across from him and his wife June at dinner and just such beautiful humans, you know, just to hear how they met, like their work around being activists and, you know, advocating for peace and love and hope. And, um, you know, Satish, he's a British Indian activist. He's also the speaker and founder. Uh, he's a speaker and he's the founder of Schumacher College, which again, I'd heard about a few years ago, but actually meeting the man that had created it, I was like, wow, this is so cool because I hadn't really yeah understood what it was and so go and check out Schumacher College it's down in um I think it's in Devon in England and an amazing sort of college where you can study really cool topics and studies and it's amazing anyway I've had the honor of listening and chatting with Satish a couple of times I had a wee chat with him at the the event not as long a chat as we did in dinner in Rome because um you know 1200 people and lots going on but I took so many notes when Satish speaks because he just speaks pure love. And I just, yeah, I love what he's all about. He's actually brought out a book called Radical Love. So go and check that out. Um, I've put it on, a, or we can put it in a link in the speaker notes. I've actually got um, a collection of books that I'm putting on bookshop.org. So they're a B Corp. And you can actually make a little book list. Um, and you can be an affiliate with them. So if you want to share books with people, they can then get the book and then you can get a little kickback, which is really nice. And they're a B Corp. So I love supporting um, them instead of Amazon. I think that's really good. Um, anyway, so here's some words from Satish that I wanted just to finish on and leave with you. So here we go. Whatever you are doing, do it with the utmost love. Love without expecting others to love you back. If you so love, you get love. Love is not for the faint-hearted. It requires bravery and courage. Leadership is not a career. It comes from your soul. Nature is unpredictable. Love is also unpredictable. We plant seeds, but we do not know what will grow. You can't love the world without loving yourself. Trust yourself. You are capable 
of doing anything you want to do. So there we have it. Finishing up episode nine and season one on a high. Thank you so, so much for listening, pal. I really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy. Speak to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to I've Got Your Back, the podcast and our season one, which has been all about B Corps. I have got a wee gift for you because I really believe this is going to help so many people and so many businesses. So as we know, there is currently 6,500 B Corps certified globally across 161 industries in 89 countries. And this movement is not slowing down. It's gaining momentum and it's in momentum. And I really want to gift you a guide that tells you everything you need to know about becoming a B Corp and how to actually get certified. So make sure you download this guide after listening to the podcast and let me know what you think. Chat soon.